Hey mama, stop what you're doing right now and join my birth classes. It is open enrollment and it's a special one because we have added some extra new bonuses just for you. And hint, hint, don't forget that insurance may reimburse you and you can also use your HSA or your FSA to pay for birth classes. So it's a no brainer. If you join this week, you're gonna get not only a huge discount by using the code BIRTHQUEEN, all in caps, cause you know you are, but you're also going to get six or seven bonuses. Bonus number one, you're gonna get 30 days free in my mama membership, which is where all the magic is happening. After 30 days, you can leave us if you want, boo hoo. Or you can stay with us for 19 a month. And some of my mamas stay with me for years, if that tells you anything. You're also gonna get bonus number two, which is my newborn academy. Bonus three, the birth coach class. Bonus four, the postpartum recovery roadmap class, along with some other bonuses. And if you join by Friday night at midnight, you're gonna get my birthing waves, which is a brand new course and it's guided meditations for labor and beyond. Brand spanky new and I'm so excited to welcome you in. Don't forget, we hang out with all of our students every Wednesday. We have a pregnancy hangout via Zoom where you get to see my face and my doulas every single Wednesday. I'll see you on the inside. Go to labornursemama.com forward slash the word calm, C-A-L-M, labornursemama.com forward slash calm. I'll see you on the inside. Yeah, my yoga teacher told me years and years and years ago, so I did my first prenatal training like 21, 22 years ago, and she said, yep, exactly what your mother said, get on the floor and scrub the floor because that rocking motion is so good for the pelvis. Opening the Mm -hmm. sit bones, great for the pelvic floor. Your mom was smart. Yeah, I like it. It's really funny because I won't tell you some of the other things she told me. (laughs) Well, yes, I will. I'll tell you one that just literally popped into my mind. She also told me that when you get in the pool, your period stops. Huh? No. (laughs) It just cracks me up when I think about some of the things I did not know were not true until I was an adult. (laughs) I've had students say, can they swim or can they take a bath? Is the water going to go up their vagina? I'm like, your vagina is not a straw. It's you're not drinking <laughs> enough. It's okay. Welcome to the Birth Experience Podcast. I'm Trish Ware, a longtime labor and delivery RN turned online birth educator slash virtual doula. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many, many babies in my 16 plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse. And as a mom of seven, I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. So hit subscribe and let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice from your provider. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Hey. 
Hello, mamas. I am so excited today. We have Deb on here, and I have had the pleasure of being on Deb's podcast before. And we met, oh my goodness, how did we meet? We met, I think it was a Mommy Mingles workshop. Well, we were, there's four presenters, and you and I were two of them. Um, I don't even remember what that was, maybe last spring, last summer? I know I'm blanking right now. I totally thought I knew, but apparently I don't. <laughs> anyway, Deb, tell us just a little bit about you. So I am the founder and director of the Prenatal Yoga Center. But before I embarked on that journey, I was a singer-dancer since I was like three. <laughs> so for quite a while. And then I kind of fell into the world of yoga through a choreographer, through other performers. And then that just really changed the whole trajectory of, of my life. And then as I got more into yoga and specifically prenatal yoga, that led me into becoming a doula, mainly because I really wanted to bridge the gap between what I was doing in the yoga room and what was happening in births. And I wanted to share with my students that they need to have information to make choices because I didn't really see that happening in a lot of births. And then that led me into becoming a Lamas teacher because why not just dive deeper <laughs> into education? And then that led me into becoming a pelvic floor yoga teacher. And recently I've been doing a course with a physical therapist that is really heavily based on rehabbing pregnancy and postpartum. Oh, and during that whole time I had two kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's been quite a journey. My next question is what I'm going to ask everyone that comes on to the birth experience is to tell us about your birth experience. But now I'm interested in you had children after doing all of that. I or did. I did. Yeah, I was 10 years in. I know. Isn't that crazy? Every, almost everybody that I interview on my podcast will be like, oh, I had my kids and this is why I became a birth worker. And I was the opposite. I opened my studio when I was 28. And as a singer dancer, we weren't having babies. I mean, New York City tends to have kids a little bit later anyway. So I was, I had my first at 37 and my second at 40. So well into working in the perinatal community. And but I will say, having my first child dramatically changed how I taught yoga because of how the birth unfolded. So I had been a doula for almost 10 years at that point. I was a performer. I was, you know, I'd been dancing for, for most of my life. I was, I had a very strong yoga practice. So I thought this baby would like walk out. I'm like, you know, I'm like, here I am. This is what I do. And it, did he did not? Um, he took forty two hours to make his appearance, with five hours of pushing during that. Um, and at one point, I'm yelling to my midwife, "Can't you just pull him out?" And, <laughs> and she's like, "Do you want me to cut a episiotomy?" I'm like, "Oh no, really? Is that where we are?" So that birth, because it was so derailed from what I thought it would be, it made me step back and say, "Okay, what happened?" Because again, this is what I do. And what I realized, it wasn't just the yoga. I was doing everything that I knew not to do, but I hadn't really put much thought into it. I was still cycling every day. I was doing a lot of weight training quite a bit. And what I realized in hindsight is there was probably so much tension and tightness in my pelvic floor and in my psoas and in the 
soft tissue that that really created what I call a dysfunctional birth, that he was coming into my pelvis asynclitic. So once I started to understand the role, not just, I knew I, I understood baby position, you know, I had been a birth worker, but I didn't understand what I was doing had such an impact on how he would descend into the pelvis and how that could create dysfunction. And so it really made me change the whole way I was teaching because my goal then became, how can I help people have more functional births? Because after, I mean, you, you were in labor and delivery nurse, you know what happens after pushing for multiple hours. It can be really hard on the pelvic floor and, and the abs. And my pelvic floor is kind of a hot mess. So after a ton of rehab, I just didn't want anyone else to have to do that. It made entering parenthood really hard. So when I had my second... I did everything very differently. I saw a chiropractor. We did the Webster technique. I saw an acupuncturist. I was doing a ton of what I call body balancing. And I would say it was perfect birth. It was like six minutes of pushing. At one point, I went from the shower to my bed and the midwife and her assistant were like, you know, we'll just see how it goes. And literally I said, something's coming out. And <laughs> the bag of water hadn't broken. And so, and I'm like, cause in my head, I'm thinking something's coming out and it doesn't hurt. So the the bag was bulging. And then all of a sudden the bag broke and like maybe two pushes later, my daughter is born. So, and that was maybe four hours of laboring. So hmm. very, very different, but it's also really interesting. They're very similar to their, their personalities. Like my daughter would be like, how can I help you? What can I do? And my son is just stubborn as hell. <laughs> That's exactly how my kids, minus one, my second son came in a whirlwind, like as fast as fast gets, but it literally was the last thing he's done fast <laughs> ever in his life. So I always joke about him, but yeah, even my babies in, in utero, their activity, like my oldest son was up all night. Then as a child, he, this kid would sleep in, stay up late. Like I couldn't get him to bed early. He's still a night owl. It's crazy, right? Yeah, their personalities were very much apparent at birth. Because like literally my daughter, if anything's <laughs> wrong, she's like, how can I help you? What do you want me to do? And my son is like bouncing off the walls. Like this morning, he missed the bus, even though he was ready 15 minutes early. I'm like, how? How did that happen? No, I love that. I, I always tell uh, my students the same thing. Like, just like your pregnancy and your birth are very unique to that pregnancy and birth, each child is very <laughs> unique. Absolutely. And you think you've got a handle on parenting. And then that new person comes that you learn a whole new aspect of parenting. Oh, yeah. So crazy. Every time I think, every time my husband are like, we've got this, and then something comes up like, we have no idea what we're doing, do we? <laughs> we don't have this. No. Well, I'm, I'm so happy to talk about this. And like, it's so funny how you go into something thinking like you're going to talk in one direction. And then I'm thinking I'm listening to you and I'm so fascinated by movement and what you do during pregnancy. In fact, like one of my most popular classes, one of the points that I make, like my top tips is what you do during pregnancy directly affects your delivery. And I don't think people tend to put that connection. What they think of is what I do during birth 
affects my birth, Mm. but positioning and movement and nutrition and all of these things, like I, I know people get sick of me because they'll ask me, what can I do to prevent tearing? My number one thing is always nutrition and movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though you can't 100% prevent tearing, so I then try to get them to release that fear about proper positioning and things that you do to prepare for birth. So I wanted to ask you all about your prenatal uh, yoga center. And I know we talked a little bit about the methodology. So I'd love for my listeners to hear that. Oh, sure. So the methodology came pretty much when I started the studio. So I was already practicing at some other just general yoga studios. They weren't prenatal. And they all had such a wonderful sense of community. And when I thought about pregnancy and new parenthood, it is such it could be a tumultuous time, especially in a place like New York where it's so crowded, but so many of us come as transplants. We don't have a lot of family. So I thought community needed to be at the foundation because it can be really isolating. If you don't have friends going through this with you, it can feel really isolating. So community is at the foundation. And then I also knew I wanted to interweave childbirth education into every class in some manner, because childbirth education attendance has been continuously declining. And if we don't have that knowledge, that evidence-based knowledge, we can't make informed choices. And then we're kind of just stuck with what other people are telling us. And then that's where birth trauma can happen, emotional trauma that you felt Mm -hmm. like your voice wasn't heard. And there's actually been studies that show that when, even if the birth doesn't unfold, how people had envisioned it, if they're part of the decision-making process, they're more satisfied. So Mm -hmm. part of that methodology is always interweaving some sort of childbirth education theme. And it could be from having conversations with your care provider about choices and birthing positions and even what kind of schedule they expect you to be on, you know, how far past someone's due date or how long can they labor. And then there's the physical part, which also super excites me. So I look at that as the yoga poses, or we call them asanas. They're just a tool. And it's a tool that can be used for developing coping skills because you're going to be talking in our childbirth ed class about coping skills, but it, I like putting them into practice. So can we be in a safely uncomfortable pose to help our coping skills and our relaxation techniques? And of course, we can use then the asanas to help alleviate aches and pains. But what really excites me is can we look at the yoga poses and think about how can we create balance in the body? Because we know that when there's more balance, baby is more likely to descend and rotate with its chin tucked in and have that spaciousness to find its way through the pelvis. When we have tightness, maybe it's one psoas is tighter than the other, and that's creating same asymmetry in the uterus, or there's pull and torque on the uterine ligaments, or there's tightness in the pelvic floor, that can disrupt how baby descends and rotates and that baby's position. We don't want baby to come down looking up with its chin away from its chest, you know, that's then pushing its like forehead against the cervix. And then we often see, but again, what I call dysfunctional labors, where maybe it's long until the baby can reposition itself, or maybe you have a skilled L&D nurse or doula that can help with these positions. But if someone doesn't have that, 
and they're kind of left with themselves or if they have a partner or whoever's on their birth team, they don't have those skills to even know, they may end up having a surgical birth, not because baby was necessarily too big, but baby could be malpositioned from the imbalance in their body. So I get really excited about using the poses to help create balance and release unnecessary tension. I love all of that. There's so much in there. We are so much on the same track. Oh yeah, I know that. After speaking with you, I'm like, oh yes, we are we are aligned. And it's exciting when you meet like-minded people. I, I totally agree. And the birth culture has to change. It has mm-hmm. to change. I tell my my readers and my my students all the time, someone's going to make decisions during your birth. Someone. There will be decisions and it should be you. Mm -hmm. You need to be leading them. And the only way to do that is to have a foundation of education. And why I started doing what I do is because I got so disheartened and tired of seeing women going back to the OR, like you said, because instead of trying position change, they go back to the OR or instead of uh, allowing mom a little more time to, to wait on her body, the fact that they expect us all to do the exact same things in the exact amount of time is so ludicrous to me. Mm-hmm. None of us even have the same length cycle. Right. So why would we each have, oh, you should have this amount of first stage, second stage. Like it's just, it makes no sense to me. It blows my mind. So I love all of that. I um, tell my students all the time, you have to understand your body and you have to learn to listen to your body. And even though Trish is saying, oh, try this for this. If your body's telling you otherwise, listen to it. And, and move around. And we really lean into that in class. So the one thing I think is really unique, because I take yoga class as a student, and I am, you know, I like being led through class. And there's been times I've been in a pose, I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I still holding this pose? Like my shoulders would be burning or something's really uncomfortable. And in my mind, I'm like, Deb, come out of it. You've gone beyond where you should be. And yet I don't feel that space in most classes to do that. In our classes, we really encourage, like, listen to your body. I will offer all these options. But I want you to make choices. Mm-hmm. You make the decisions. And if they can get comfortable and confident with that on the yoga mat, where it's just you know a yoga class, that may spill over into their comfort and confidence to make bigger choices or to listen to their body, especially when we think about birth, that it's like it's teamwork. The baby's descending and we can listen to how the baby needs us to move Maybe we have to kind of move our hips in one way or circle or it's so beautiful watching how people spontaneously move. I remember being at a birth where it was my friend Angela. So it was great being at her birth. She held all of a sudden out of nowhere, she held onto the side of the bed, you know, those little, call them horns or like little handles. And Mm -hmm. she just kind of fell into like a squat. She was just like rocking and squatting and rocking and squatting. And over and over, she kept saying, I'm okay. My baby's okay. I'm okay. My baby's okay. And it felt like, she was listening to what her baby said, hey, I need you to move. I need you to open. And so if we can do that in our yoga poses, I think it can help us yeah, have that confidence to do it when we're birthing. Oh, I totally agree. And I love that. It's so funny. I've been at so many births, but still I'm picturing your friend and it like just does something magical inside of me. I love birth. It's so incredible. 
I love it so much. It hypes me up. And it's like time feels like it's not all the time, but often time feels like it's standing still. I'm like, how did four hours pass? I don't, it just, I don't attend births anymore because it's just with my kids at the age they are, I can't drop everything and run. I don't have family around, but it was really a joy and a pleasure to, and an honor to be invited into there. And I always felt like I learned something new at every birth because they're, they're all different yet the same at the same time. I, I love that. And that's where birth professionals need to allow themselves to continue to evolve and adapt and learn instead of holding to like one idea, one thing they were taught in nursing school or they were taught here because you learn so much about all women when you're watching birth and how, yes, maybe it works this way in the books, but in real life, it's a little bit different. Let's move on a little bit because I did have a question when you were talking about your studio. I would love to know how COVID has affected that and what you've done to adapt to that. Well, New York City got hit very early, very quickly and closed down. So I remember leaving my studio March 13th. It was a Friday. And we're like, we reached out to this, the other teachers like, we're going to be closed for a couple of weeks. We'll see how it goes. And we didn't open. We didn't have permission to open. So it was March 2020. We didn't have permission to even consider opening until end of May 2021. And then to open the doors, we had to pass, um, not an exam, um, they had to come in and, and look around and make sure we had everything how we need an inspection. So I think we didn't actually open until June of 2021. So we immediately went online. So one thing, we watch a lot of NPR, we listen to a lot of NPR in my house. So I had gotten a sense from what was happening in January in China. I'm like, ooh, something's bad coming. So we started to do a hybrid at the beginning of March where I was teaching through Zoom, thank God for Zoom, to people at home who didn't feel comfortable coming into the space and then some people in the space. So on March 13th, when it was our last time, I just immediately put everything on Zoom. I already had the integration and I had the, we already were using this uh, system called MindBody. So we switched over very quickly, like literally the next day. So we moved everything online and it was it was challenging. I had to lay off like seventy five percent of my staff. I ended up teaching a ton because I still had to pay rent in New York City. I like I didn't lose the you know, I didn't close the studio, so I still had to make money. And so I end up teaching a ton. But something really interesting we decided to do we call re releases. So we had a morning class every single day. And then if someone couldn't come to that, we would re release that class two other times. So we got three classes out of one live class. Oh, that's and great. We still are doing that because people still sign up for the re release. And it's become a way of expanding our community now that everything's online. So we eventually reopened um, still slowly. We didn't, you know, jump back because most of, you know, from 2020 to when we reopened, all of our people gave birth. You know, it wasn't like a regular studio where they're like, great, you're open, we'll come back. Our whole clientele mm -hmm. moved on. So it was, <laughs> it had been a challenge. Um, 
but we're we're climbing back out and i think I think with New York dropping mask mandates in, in New York City, we also have to have, um, everyone has to be vaccinated in any sort of fitness center and our yoga studio is considered a fitness center. So I think things are loosening up a little bit, but it was a tough couple of years. And especially with my kids at home while I was trying to teach in the basement, it was, it was, it was not good. <laughs> Yes, I can completely relate to that because I obviously work at home and I was just telling someone the other day how when I I was recording an IGTV video one time and I I forget the topic but it was kind of funny what happened cuz it fit with the so I'm teaching and I'm da 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 I've got my lights on super smile talking and my son comes in and you I'm looking at him like and then I was like, Grayson, mommy is teaching. And he was like, why? And I was like, because I have to make money. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you need to go out. I told you to stay out. So he goes out, fast forward. I did all my editing. I accidentally posted it with that in it. <laughs> I back over. <laughs> It was mortifying. I was so embarrassed. I was like, hashtag real life. Yeah. But one of my one of my good friends posted or commented. I didn't see it for a while because I don't go back and watch them. And she commented something. And I was like, what is she talking about? She's lost it. And then all of a sudden, the pieces... <laughs> fell together and I saw myself like being stern with Grayson and I was like oh my god I went back and I was so mortified so from then on out I was very cautious that the kids did not come in and or I edited but I also think like for all of us who uh especially me because I'm really more in an online space I think our um People are now so used to online options, and I think we all kind of like them too. I do. So I like there yeah. is something nice about you know, I finished teaching. I'm home. Like today, there was a huge ice storm here. I live in New Jersey. My studio is in the city, and I couldn't make it into the city. And so it's something nice about being like, I could just do this at home. So I like mm. the online space. I use the online space as a consumer quite a bit. Me too. I like that I'm able to reach people well beyond where I could. And it's also nice just to have the diversity of people from all over. We do a teacher training that had always been in person, but we had to switch that online. And it's amazing that we've had, I think, 15 different countries represented now in our teacher trainings where that wouldn't have been possible before mm -mm. because they have to come to New York for two long weekends. It's expensive to do that. So the fact that we can do it online, I just love that then this work is brought into all those different communities and that the yoga that we do online can reach more communities than just around my area. Cause I really believe that it can be of support to people. So I, I like being online. I don't think we're going to, we're going to keep our in, our in-person studio and in-person classes, but we're going to keep this online community because it's just, I just love how it's expanded things. No, I agree. And I think that it gives, especially, you know, we are working with mamas who are busy and like you said, they're at work all day or they're doing whatever, or they've got their babies on their hips or what have you. So this eliminates them having to get ready 
get in the car, do the travel, get to the place, and then back again. So it allowed, I, I, I would say that it's opened up a door for some women that might not have had the opportunity Absolutely. to do it. Absolutely. I mean, even at one point we had somebody who had come to in person for her first child and then, and she lives in Queens and she said, I would never be able to come as much as I do. She's like, I got to the studio once a week, but then once we were online, she was coming three, four times a week. So that was exciting. I, yeah, I think that's, I think it's really a, it's changed us in some ways that are good and opened up things for us that are good. But at the same time, and and just why I've been so focused on community myself this year, like this 2022 for, for Labor Nurse Mama is all about community. And I think for us, and I, I had my last at 42. I don't know if I told you that before. But my first I had very young. And when my older kids were all young, I learned a lot about being a mama by the women who are around me at the library for story hour, or, you know, if I was at the park, which these moms that we are nurturing don't get to do that. Like some of them have never been to a mom's group in person with their babies. And that like some of my students are having their second baby. And that is the craziest. We've had people that were with us in the beginning of the pandemic and now they're back for their, their next. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. all you know is parenthood in the pandemic. And you can see the excitement where they're starting to interact more with people in person. Right. And, and as opposed to our children who used to scream their heads off if they saw someone with a mask on, because that meant doctor's office, Yeah, their babies think that everyone should have a mask on. It's, a, it's such a weird world we live in. Guess what? I have a free birth workshop helping expected mamas get as educated as possible about the labor experience and push like a freaking champ instead of freaking out. Whether you're having your first child or the last of many, every expectant mama wants the same thing. A quick, easy as possible, complication-free labor. It's the whole pushing part that trips us up. Will I know when to begin? Is my pelvis too small? What about all that pain? Well, mama, as an experienced labor and delivery nurse with 15 plus years of experience, I can say one thing for sure. Fear and anxiety causes labor to slow down. Nobody wants that. I'm going to show you how to avoid that in my free workshop, How to Push Like a Boss and Love Your Labor Experience. We're going to cover everything from pushing faster and more effectively to when to start, the best positions, and how to open your pelvis, even if you have an epidural. Plus, everyone who attends gets a sweet little gift from us just for coming and hanging out. So if you want to learn proven ways to shorten your pushing time significantly, then check out the link in my show notes and join us for this free live class next week. We'll see you there. Another thing I really wanted to talk to you about was, okay, so 
I have always been fascinated by yoga, but for me, like I'm not very athletic, I'm not very coordinated. And when I think of women who do yoga, I think of these women who have it all together, (laughs) who are in shape, really laid back. Unlike me, I'm super type A and like they are, you know, just got it together. Well, that's so, marketing. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to ask you. What would you tell moms like me that are like, I could never do that. Like I'm not coordinated enough and and where do I start? All right. So thank you for bringing that up because that is just good marketing. So I came into yoga as a dancer. So I did have the flexibility and the pretzel-like ability, but I am very type A. I'm like not the yoga person. Everyone's like, oh, yogis are so laid back. Not always, probably not many. And I would also venture to say they don't have all their stuff together either. So like anything, like parenthood, we don't want to compare ourselves to others. I mean, think about that. One thing about the playground is like how many times do you compare yourself to others or my kid's doing this, your kid's doing this. You don't have to have coordination. But what I can say is that because it's a mindful practice, it can lead to coordination, which I think is helpful. Body proprioception, body awareness, I think is incredibly helpful because that's how we listen to our bodies is because we get to know our bodies. So as long as somebody is willing to show up and really be with themselves, that's all they need to do. They don't need to show up flexible or already in perfect shape or you know, not type A. I am all those things. <laughs> I am type A. I'm not always put together. You know, so I think they just have to have the willingness to to learn. Because like our like when we're a parent, you know, they they give your baby and say good luck and we kind of have to learn it on the fly. The same thing can happen on the mat and it's just a wonderful opportunity for self-reflection and I call it when I get on the mat, I did a practice this morning. I call it my mental vacation because it's so nice to step away from my to-do list and all of my responsibilities and just everything I do is for everyone else. But when I'm on the mat and I'm just trying to pay attention to what I, how I'm moving and the directions of my body and what I'm feeling and how I'm breathing, my mind just has space. So I think it's a wonderful place just to get to know yourself and to step away from everything else that as parents we have to do. So don't worry if you're type A, don't worry if you're not coordinated, don't worry if you can't touch your toes, we'll get you there. And then the good thing with prenatal specifically is we use yoga props. You know, people are, their bodies are changing all the time and everyone comes with a different body history. So we use a lot of props that can help you move gracefully and in a way that when you're pregnant, you're like, wow, I can move and I can transition and I can do all these things that maybe they didn't think they could. So I hope that answers your question. So don't hesitate showing up. (laughs) Yes, it does. So what would you tell one of the mamas who are listening that are thinking about doing like one of your online classes? Do you have a specific one for them to start with or does it more depend on what stage of pregnancy they're in? Are they all mingled? They're all mingled. So when I created, okay. so for the good or the bad, this whole entire program is from my brain. And I I kind of leveled the playing field by using yoga props. So I started, it's so funny that I literally started. So I opened the studio at 28, but I had 
opened a teeny space before and I was about 27. Again, not having had kids. And I just... And this was prenatal only. This is only pre and postnatal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I was really just looking at how my students moved. And at first I'm like, okay, can we swing the leg forward from down dog? I'm like, no, the belly gets in the way. So really early on, I started to use yoga blocks as extensions of their arms because it gives you a good, I don't know, it's maybe a foot, maybe 10 inches of height. And so if you're super pregnant, you can bend your knees and put your hands on the blocks so much easier than you can the floor. So I would say, you know, all the classes are are even level that I kind of level the playing field. And we address all stages of pregnancy. We have people, the best I had a student on Tuesday's class. And then, and she's like, okay, I'm going to see you tomorrow, but I do have an appointment with my midwife. And I'm like, okay. And then I got an email Wednesday. She's like, I just had my baby. And I'm like, of course you did. Um, Nice. So so really anytime, there are certain things like at the end of class, I'm going to position someone in their third trimester different than someone in their first trimester. Because I'm also think about vena cava syndrome and fetal positioning, but for the most part, it's really open leveled. Oh, I love that so much. So it's so funny. I had these points that I was going to follow to talk to you and just our conversation <laughs> led me elsewhere. So I always tell my girls, my mo- so let me backstory. My mother is very Southern. She's from Kentucky, and she has told me a lot of weird stuff that would borderline old wives' tales. However, she did tell me when I was first pregnant to do one thing my entire pregnancy that would help me with my delivery. And so I wanted to ask you, like, if there was one thing that you would tell a mama to do to help them prep for birth. What would be that one move or that one thing physically? And then we'll talk about mentally. Okay. I would say, can I can I combine two things? I would say sure. posture <laughs> and breathing. So we know the curves of the spine get exaggerated. They get more sway back, more kyphosis, more they call the chicken neck. So if we can align posture better and breathing better, I think that's going to help their nervous system. But from, again, I love the idea of thinking about baby position. If we're breathing well, diaphragmatic breathing, it's going to help the pelvic floor. And if the pelvic floor is supple and springy, that can help birth. If we can learn how to breathe well, that can help with tightness in the back, tightness in the neck, and can coming back to our nervous system. So like proper posture where we're not just falling into that sway of the back and over rounding and sticking the head out. So good posture. And what I mean by diaphragmatic breathing, so not belly breathing, because then we tend to push into the belly and that's not great for our connective tissue. But if you can think about your rib cage, like a big umbrella, if we can breathe more into the side and the back ribs. So one way I was describing it to my students, and I, I broke it down, like really break it down. So I'll just break it down really quickly, that I was inviting them to think about when they breathe into their lungs are like two big balloons. And that when they inhale, can they think about filling the back and side balloons more? So it gets into our back ribs. And then underneath those two big balloons, we have this thing called the diaphragm. It's like a big 
dome-like muscle. It kind of reminds me of a jellyfish. That when we inhale, if that whole jellyfish can gently drop and spread, that gently helps stretch the pelvic floor. And then when we exhale, the diaphragm, the pelvic floor gently lift and we empty the lungs. And if we can get that kind of breathing, it can be so healthy for the body. And that goes back to my functional birth. I want those babies to have the space uninhibited to slide right out. So good breathing. <laughs> Sliding out sounds slide good. Slide <laughs> right out like, like a water shoot. Boom, right out. <laughs> so, so good breathing and healthy posture. So do you want to hear what my mother told me, which actually was good advice. She told me that no matter what I did to always get down in a squatting position, (sighs) to hand mop my floors, to sit and read squatting. And I I always joke to people because I was very young when I had my first, I actually listened to her. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And it happens to play out. Yeah. Squatting is great. I agree. It's hard the bigger you get, but I recommend my students use a yoga block actually Yep, for that if they're having a hard time. Yeah. My yoga teacher told me years and years and years ago. So I did my first prenatal training like 21, 22 years ago. And she said, yep, exactly what your mother said. Get on the floor and scrub the floor because that rocking motion is so good for the pelvis. Opening the Mm -hmm. sit bones, great for the pelvic floor. Your mom was smart. Yeah. I like it. It's really funny because I won't tell you some of the other things she told me. (laughs) Well, yes, I will. I'll tell you one that just literally popped into my mind. She also told me that when you get in the pool, your period stops. Huh. No. (laughs) It just cracks me up when I think about some of the things I did not know were not true until I was an adult. (laughs) I've had students say, can they swim or can they take a bath? Is the water going to go up their vagina? I'm like, your vagina is not a straw. You're not drinking (laughs) enough. It's okay. Oh, goodness. Yes. I, I I should write a book, honestly, on the things that my mother told me. It's a, That's a whole nother podcast. So I don't, I love that we taught, we uh, tapped into some of the things that I wanted to talk about for sure. I guess another thing, obviously, I want to ask you is where can my students find you? Where can my listeners find you? So for classes and for, I have a blog and my podcast. So the podcast is called Yoga Birth Babies. And my studio and website is prenatalyogacenter.com. And all of our social media is prenatal yoga center. Pretty straightforward. Um, Very easy. I know this is before, can I open this studio before like Facebook was even a thing and internet was just starting and you know, like an SEO was, what is that? So I went with what seemed obvious. If someone wanted prenatal yoga, yoga, I was going to be the prenatal yoga center. So they can find me there. It's actually very smart. Thanks. When I started my business, I named it Habibi house, which is an Arabic word for like beloved. And no one knew what it was about. (laughs) So now it's labor nurse mama. And now everyone knows. (laughs) 
So my other question, I, I've got so many things rattling around in my brain. I can't wait because you're coming into my private community Yay. for my mamas, I'm so Call Mama Society. I am so excited too. This is brand new, just off the ground, but it's a, like you said, community is so important. So we've created this platform for these moms to come in and learn. And as you were talking, I'm like, man, they are going to love this. So I would love for you to talk to them about the posture and the Mm. diaphragmatic breathing, because I've done some of that in my purposeful positioning course, but obviously it's not my training. So I'm just telling them what I know. I just don't know how to, you know, completely how to teach them all those things. And I really am excited about that. So I look forward to that. And the last thing that I want to ask you, I have two questions for you. One is, what would you say is your superpower? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, (laughs) The one that pops I love, I I love getting women to focus on they're good because we bring, we all bring something good, you know? You know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but so I don't know if you ever look at, um, like if you ever go to a Chinese restaurant and they, they have the placemat and they have like your birth year and you're like the year of the monkey or whatever. So I'm the year of the ox. And I've always joked that I'm like an ox in the way that this is, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I have the ability to carry a lot. So that's good and bad because as a parent, it can burn you out. But I feel like that has been my superpower in being able to be a parent and a business owner and a partner and a mother. So it's, if for, I don't know if it's, a, I don't know if it's a superpower or, or my weakness, but I'm very capable of really containing a lot. I think that would be it. I can't think of anything else that pops to my mind. Well, when you said ox, I also thought of the word steadfast mm-hmm. as well. You know, but I think that all of us, our superpower or our gifting can also be our curses if we aren't wise in how we use them and having boundaries. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I've definitely one. gotten better with boundaries. And you know, I have to say this, maybe this is with age, but I've started to care a little bit less about what others think of me. Of course, I'll get hurt if someone's like, oh, I don't like you. But in the bigger picture, it's like I've embraced a little bit more of like, this is me. Like I've been listening and doing musical theater for years. I sing and dance around my house all the time. I'm a little bit kooky. Okay. Like, you know, like I've embraced a little bit more of this is who I am and it's it's working for me. I love that. So here's my other question. Okay. You, what would your partner say? <laughs> your superpower. Your superpower is. What would he say about me? Um, I think he'd agree about being that ox about kind of plowing through. Sometimes he says bulldozer. Um, but I also <laughs> other word for ox. <laughs> another word. But. I also think he'd agree on the joyful kookiness because I know I see him smile when like I'm literally dancing around the kitchen pretty much all the time. Um, and sometimes there's not even music playing this in my head. And so I think I think he enjoys that playfulness. Oh, I love that. And I love that for your children because I think 
a lot of times we can get so bogged down in the things we're thinking about and the life. And and I'm the same. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and I'm a business owner. And that can be overwhelming because your work never ends. Never. And I think... I think it's so good because especially for me to hear that you're the second one of my guests who said sort of the same thing. And it's just a reminder to me that I need to have fun and not be so serious sometimes. No, I (laughs) I hear you. I can very much get into that tunnel vision of work, but Mm. yeah, I throw on a little Pandora and, and I'm just singing and having a really good time. So I've only been married, we've not quite been married for two years. So I'm not quite at the point where I feel really confident in dancing and singing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I do not have a history as a dancer or, and absolutely will never have any kind of future as a dancer or a singer. So that is out. But I so enjoyed having you. It was so much fun. I loved getting to talk to you. Last time I got to talk to you on your podcast, which I love. So this was different for me. I did my first podcast interview this week, so I'm I we joked that I'm no longer a virgin. <laughs> I have now done it. But I'm super excited about this and my students and my listeners hearing because I think this is so important. Thank you. It's so important to to have that mind-body connection and to understand that we do have things that we can do to help our birth be different. Yeah. Because I think we think, oh, it'll be, and I hear it all the time. Oh, there's, you know, birth is unpredictable. Yes, it is. And I can't, you know, I can't really control what happens. You can somewhat control some of it, the parts that you can control. Right. So it's exciting to, to hear some tangible ways that you can help your birth go in a better way yeah. and accept it if it goes differently. Yeah. We can just set ourselves up at least for the success that unfolds, you know, put ourselves, mm-hmm. let's stack the cards in our favor. Exactly. And, and I think we as birth professionals have to keep trucking on because this has to change. The mm. birth culture has to change. And the only way that it's going to change is just how you, you nailed it when you said about birth trauma. Birth trauma is, I, I tell my girls all the time, and I get flack on labor nurse mama when I say something about birth trauma. There's always someone who wants to lend it to something catastrophic happening. And it's not necessarily, more often than not, it's as simple as a mom just not being heard. Yeah, and supported. Yeah, we have to change it. It has to change. Like it, we may be out of a job at some point if the culture completely changes, but so be it. Because women should have every right to experience the natural process of birth how they see best for themselves. Yeah, not how we want them to do it. Absolutely, it's not for us. We not for us to say how someone else should birth. We just want to support them in their choices. No, we just lay out all the choices and educate them, and then they pick up the ones they want. Right. Period. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was so much fun. Thank you. Hey, Mama. I loved this episode. I love talking to Deb. I love talking about the power of understanding your body, your body movements. I love that she teaches mamas yoga moves and breath work so that they can have a birth experience 
that they love. Thank you for joining us today on Birth Experience with Labor Nurse Mama. If you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you hit that subscribe button and write us a review. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you want to hear more of. We love hearing from you. If you want more information from this episode, head to labornursemama.com forward slash prenatal yoga. And we've got all sorts of stuff for you, including a nice little freebie from Deb. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you next Friday.